Hello and welcome to 30 days of positivity, an experiment that I am doing with this podcast, The Spiritual Travels of a Firewolf. This is day nueve, nine. I'm very, nine in astrology is ending, or nine in numerology is endings, ruled by the sign of Mars, and I'm going to have tarot cards out just just so I can kind of work my hands during this reading, during this reading, during this podcast, to see what, if my intuition is correct on what to talk about, and the magician and the moon are out, so I'm very, very, the sun, page of cups and page of wands, okay, cool, I'm on the right track, I'm kind of, the sun, the sun and the moon are out, the lovers and the six of wands, ah, victory after battle and the high priestess, what a beautiful, and the fool, what a beautiful pool of cards. Okay. So I had, today is the full moon. And because this is day and the wheel of fortune, damn. If I were doing this reading for somebody else, I'd be like, you are on the brink of discovery and some really good stuff. Um, and you're protected and you were planting seeds and the magician has your back. Okay. So because this moon is in Capricorn, it's about self-worth, and today's a huge lesson in self-worth, and because it's in Capricorn, the natal chart of this podcast is getting a full moon to it, So, and the, the natal chart of the city I'm in is getting the full moon conjunct its new moon therefore technically getting a city, a new moon in its natal chart while going through the Pluto moon transit. So this Capricorn moon is hot and heavy where I'm at. It's a potent point for this podcast. And um, so I'm going to talk about a dream I had last night. It's not a dream. It's more a waking dream. I had a dream about a newspaper magazine that every tax shop is about horses today horse medicine talk. Uh, So I think positively is the lessons of horses for me today. And the lessons of horses, self-worth, body care, money, all the things that came along being in the horse industry. And I opened one of my journals from December and January of this year. I had like a Christmas journal that I just like blasted through in a week. And I was going back to the goals that I had written for this year. And I've checked off pretty much all those goals. Um, But a huge goal of mine is about, you know, getting steadily back into horses, um, which I thought would be what would be going on in Texas. But when you're going for the dream of stand-up comedy and you, it's just, you know, the dream has had to transmute into something else right now, just based on what I need to do with stand-up. So... Um, I know I'm on the brink of something and when you know you're on the brink of something, it can be scary and have the feeling of backing away. And what I've learned through horses is certain lessons of self-worth. So yes, you know, I could go into long Sagittarian sort of stories, which I'm hoping I don't do because I'm trying not to. But I have to kind of tap into some sort of Sagittarian long form stories to kind of get to the bullet points I have listed out. 
because I think everybody has a story of self-worth and when they finally say, hey, I'm not doing this work for free. And mine was in high school around the age of 16, 17. I had been doing full-time work three days a week after school um, and then on the weekends of you know, working at a farm right after school at the farm I was keeping my horse. And I was doing that work for free. I didn't realize that I could have asked for pay because I was never taught um, in that industry that I deserve to be paid for my work. And this has been a lesson that has, and I had a waking dream about this this morning and had to kind of like sit with it um, for a little bit because I realized those were my roots of making money. That's my roots of being taught, teaching myself how to be paid. And I realized that my default for getting paid has always been, oh, I'll just sacrifice my body. I'll sacrifice my safety. I'll sacrifice myself so that everybody can be taken care of. Every horse can be taken care of. Every owner can be taken care of. But meanwhile, I'm doing this work for free. Now, hundreds of hours had been built up you know, in quote unquote volunteer hours that honestly, honestly, quite frankly, didn't mean shit. Because at the end of the day, I got a some certificate when I graduated high school that meant nothing. Um, all of that pay could have been saved up and bought me a car. You know, it could have been saved. And I think that that is a huge thing because, you know, when you grow up in a society that teaches you humility and things like that, um, I don't think, I think women should also be taught that volunteer, because a lot of times volunteer work extends into family stuff. It extends into, you know, accepting the minimum wage, accepting this and that, you know, I I'm back in an industry where I have to work off of tips and I will tell you it's been eye-opening to see that when I deliver to wealthier neighborhoods how terrible they are at tipping Um, and how you know you would expect like somebody living in a high-rise apart you know in just a regular ass apartment not to tip as much and to see the dynamic of like who's tipping and who's not it's because people who are closer to that life know that kind of life and know you know when i have uber eats or instacart delivered to me i'm giving out a tip that i know because i know what they're making i know how much gas is going into things i know how much of a distance they probably had to drive and i know this is a luxury that I can do for myself um, when I can. So it's just a lesson in sort of this longer range lesson of seeing certain things. Like last, I've been watching Script Talk and for those who know what Script Talk is, you'll understand. I don't, I watch it for the financial lesson videos because generally these are women explaining business. They're explaining Um, what they do and it's very in-depth and a lot of times like the stereotype of what women are doing in like the service industry are you know explaining like how they're you know prepping their taxes showing excel spreadsheets like I'm deep in the pool of that because I've never learned it from that perspective of worth there's a lot of really cool videos out there that have nothing to do with booty clapping, that have just to do with self-worth, self-love, and organization. And 
I don't think a lot of women get that lesson. And in fact, I was thinking before my car accident, and I've shared this story before, I was driving between Utah and Colorado, or from Utah, from Utah to Colorado in Wyoming. And I was listening to the audiobook Worth It. Worth It, um, and she actually, I have to cite the author, Worth It. I think it's Amanda Steinberg. Worth It. So she has this book, and I had it, I had the audiobook on in my car, which I think it's so ironic because the morning of my accident, I had been on my graphic art thing. I have a little graphic art thing on my phone. I do all my graphic art. I'm extremely proud of it. It is not top-notch graphic art, but I love doing graphic art. It makes, it jogs my mind. It gets me going. Sometimes I just create things to create things to kind of see where I'm going. Um, And I had been developing a new podcast about finances and women and I, and love and loving yourself, loving your body because Capricorn is physical. It is about the pentacles. If we're going to look at it from a tarot perspective. And I was like playing around with like graphics that morning. I was drinking coffee and I knew I only had so much to get me down the road um, financially until I had to stop in Denver. I have shared this story before, but I think it's really important to that feeling of taking back your power and feeling worth it. Mid travel, when I got into the car accident, I even thought to myself when I got out of the car and I was looking at all of the destruction that had happened before me from a jackknife tractor trailer to um, an SUV that was completely destroyed um, and thinking to myself, why are any of us on this highway right now? This highway should be shut down. And thinking to myself, like, Tam, like, is this the universe telling me I'm not worth it? And and it's been a really hard thing for me to get through um, the last year and a half because it's like, obviously you survive. So the universe said, yeah, you're worth it. You're worth to survive, but how do you build yourself back up and find your worth? Because I was like, well, the whole mental fuckery has been if I wasn't if I was worth it then all my shit wouldn't have been taken away but I never because I am who I am and have the mind that I have and I know that a lot of people with you know suicidal ideations and depression can understand it from this perspective if you don't have you know this kind of mind it could sound crazy what I'm about to say but it's like To me, money, the way I was raised and the way I was taught is that money is more important than being alive. And that's just kind of like an old school, like way of like money is more important than because money keeps people alive. You know, if a ventilator's on in a hospital, that's cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching to a hospital. If somebody's on a breathing machine for the rest of their life, that's hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, for, for what they're you know, to be kept on a, plugged into a wall. And so to me, like, I kind of have this view of money as like what sustains breathing in a lot of ways. And yet it's this foreign concept to me. Um, 
I could pull tarot, like even being in my own little tarot card business, it's taken me a really long time. It took me years to ask for pay. I thought that it was greedy to ask people for pay. And then two hours later, I'm in a reading exhausted for the rest of the day. And people are like, you're so amazing. Oh my God, you're so wonderful. And um, walk away and I might never see them again. And I've had to learn over the years, you know, how to ask for pay, how to learn how to ask for money. And in the, in in the comedy community, um, it's implied that like, you're going to be doing a lot of work for free for a long time. And that is just something inherently that is taught. And that is a rite of passage. But I'm at a point now where, you know, this waking dream that I had about, you know, for years, I had been mucking horse stalls, grooming horses, blanketing horses, which for anybody that blankets horses, you know how much of a physical job that is. If you have a barn of 20 plus, you're blanketing everybody, you are sweating at the end of that because it's a very physical job. Um, And not all of them are going to act right. Not all of them want to be blanketed um, for the most part, depending on the barn you're in. And also um, feeding horses, which for those who have ever fed a barn of 20, 30 plus, you know what that's like because, you know, every horse has their own regimen. Some have supplements, medications, some of their medication. I can't imagine what I had been. I've been exposed to medications and I have mortar and pestled all of them um some horses have syringe medications some are on shot medications and here i am in my you know high school middle school years into college years you know giving out medications doing like when i look back at it i'm like this is just the work of living at a barn right or of working at a horse farm but really it's the work of like what a medical assistant would be doing And yet here you are doing a lot of free labor for lessons um, because you love the game. And I've learned that game really quickly. Like it's about sacrificing your body and doing things for the love of being better at your sport. But I remember, you know, here I am like having to ask for gas money to go to work because I wasn't getting paid (laughs) at my job. And being like, this is wrong. this is wrong. There's something wrong here. But feeling bad at the age of like 16, 17, finally to be like, can I get paid? And I remember the amount that the manager of the farm and I settled on. She was like, I can do $10 an hour. And to me, that was like, she might as well said like thousands of dollars an hour. I was like, oh my God, like that's so awesome. Like, I was so excited and I was getting paid $10 an hour, which by the way, in 2021, when I moved here to Austin, Texas, I took um, a food runner position at, I did a hybrid. They needed a hostess certain days of the week and they needed, they were like, if you can pick up extra days, we need food runners. It's a rare, a very dangerous job. Um, 
to be a food runner in this particular restaurant because everything was covered in grease. The stairs were cast iron, so the grease you'd be slipping and like carrying big trays of like fajitas. And if you've ever carried a tray of steaming fajitas up a flight of stairs while slipping to a ta- you know a top of whatever people, you've got tortillas, you've got guacamole, you've got the fixings for the it ain't easy, but I do want to thank farm work and these big old shoulders for being able to schlep upstairs because even at the ripe old age of 35 at the time, I was still able to hone those skills and be like, thank God for farm work because I can still do this. And it was an adjustment job into Austin and I have no shame in that. But even in 2021, that starting salary for a food runner position was $11 an hour. And to think that a whole bunch of people are in a kitchen cooking for you, cleaning up the kitchen, prepping the kitchen for that amount of money at this time during this time is wild to me. Um, and I, I just send love. If you're one of those people and you're listening, you're like, I am fucking schlepping through a kitchen right now listen to a podcast this is for you like I think (laughs) you are my people you are my people if you are in a kitchen and you're fucking it's exhausting work and they won't even let you eat out of that kitchen that you cook for other people which is the restaurant I was at they very very rarely gave people food who were working there for like 10 12 hours to save money that's evil to me that is pure evil. If you are cooking, cleaning, you should at least get a meal out of that. And I say that for the people who are still at this job because it is hard enough that people are not even making minimum wage and then they can't afford. It's probably all going to rent at that point. So when I was 16, 17, I asked for pay I remember my trainer who I had left at the time. We were still at the same farm. A lot of times show farms share show barns shared the same farm. So you could be in a barn of I think we had 20 at one of the barn the bar, the farm that I was at was called Water's Gift. It's since then changed names. The property's still there. I've checked the property. Um, but now it's private property, but the property itself had three main barns. The barn I was at was in the back of the property, um, and it, it backed up and there was trees lining the property. Um, there was a schooling farm, which was also a therapeutic riding farm in the front, which had about 20 stalls and also run in sheds and had about 20 ish horses. My barn had like 20. I think horses and then there was a small um caretaker it was meant for the caretaker barn it, ha- it was a house with an attachment of four stalls to the house which is a dream life to me like you just walk out of your kitchen and then you can just see your babies in the morning it was a beautiful piece of property a huge property i don't know how many acres um had fields all over the property, extremely beautiful grass. Um, it just, 
and it backed up to a reservoir in Maryland. So in the, in Burtonsville, Maryland. Um, so shout out to the UPS. It's like, it was the farms out there. There's a big UPS facility. And then there was an Amish market, which has since moved to Laurel, Maryland. But that was like my life. And I actually worked at the Amish market in Burtonsville, Maryland, down the street. So I would like, I ha- I, I juggled several jobs. Um, and I even like taught summer camp for free, which, which is hard to explain. Like, I can't believe at the age of 16, 17, I was coming up with full curriculums, safety, people were signing safety waivers, um, safety training, full training for, <laughs> I think they did one lesson a day, and then I had to come up with a full curriculum for two weeks and got zero pay. So this is part two. I got cut off. <laughs> um, so, Okay. I think what I didn't realize, and here's the full point and the positive spin on this whole thing, is what I didn't realize is like all the work that I was doing was the work of a somebody who has a lot of training and I was just kind of figuring it out as I go, um, you know, coming up with curriculums, coming up with um, just full schedules, full caretaking schedules you know even while I was training like even when I ran you know I was the main trainer I was still also taking you know caretaking feeding um turning out horses um you know making sure water troughs are scrubbed and clean like it was a full-time thing and not getting paid for this and not even realizing that I could have asked for pay um just being like oh my god this is such a great opportunity and it really kind of was wild to me because I had to realize at the end of the day, like I had to, to demand more for myself. Um, it makes me really sad to think that like I had to demand pay. I was also working at another farm as well at the same time. Um, so my days would start at like certain days would start at like 4 a.m., 5 a.m. I live for that life. Right now, I'm in an alternate form of that life, and I feel like such a slob because I came from that life, and any form of rest, any form of stepping back feels guilty to me. Rest is not easy for me. Um, sleeping extra always feels... There's always an there's also always a layer of guilt if I sleep or if I choose to rest that I've always had to get over. I've always had to give myself permission to allow my body to rest, to allow my body to realign and sleep and do my thing. Um, The point of this episode, I think, is I wrote the body's work and learning my body's worth. And I think that's why I am, I did watch a particular, you know, financial advice um, TikToks just to kind of get this idea of how other people see their self-worth. Because physical labor work um there's a whole it's almost like looked down upon um I even have you know family members that have made really tough comments about people that do physical labor 
I've done physical labor many times in my life, even growing up doing physical labor. I come from a family that did physical labor. Um, my roots are in physical labor. You know, a lot of my friends, like, between delivering her for various, like, FedEx or UPS, like, this is the body's work. And this is literally saying my body brings me money. Um, my body is of value. Uh, and there's no shade on that. Um, I think the po- the purpose and the point is with this full moon is kind of going back into our past and asking, you know, where did I not feel worthy at the time? And it gets into the my body, my choice, you know, argument as well. The body, the physical body and the worth that we have for ourselves. Um, I don't know if this episode's going to make a lot of sense today. Um, but the positive aspect is this is a continual lesson of demanding power. And I think that that's what this full moon is. It's demanding us to take back our power in many ways. And yes, there's a lot of episodes. I think I've done three this week about this full moon, but that's how powerful a Pluto moon is. It's not something that's just, okay, there's a full moon today and done and seen. It's like, no, there's a full moon today and the lessons are going to be moving us through, you know, the year and then we're going to get to December and work with this energy again. So lunar lessons are about phases. It's like what goes out to sea, what comes back in, what, you know, this is how we vacillate. And sometimes we get memories that come up from, you know, 10, 20 years ago. And that's what it's all about as well. So this moon gives us this chance. And I'm I'm talking from a perspective of being a student of this particular energy. Is we have this chance to reset our past. We have this chance to reset our value and our worth. We have this chance to say, you know what? That happened then. I didn't ask for payment. I didn't ask um, to be valued. I didn't know I could, but now I know better. Now I know how to do this from a, from a more empowered perspective. It might not make sense right now, but it makes sense down the road. So thank you for listening. And this has been Chrissy with the Spiritual Travels of a Firewolf. I am taking readings again as I'm going on the road. I'm doing tarot readings, astrology readings, uh, full natal chart readings, So you're welcome to schedule with me. You can find me on Instagram, Trust Your Glitter, Twitter, Christy Bellich, Facebook, Christy Bellich, Um, Patreon. I'm dropping vlogs on YouTube and Patreon now. It's scary. I'm so scared to do it, but I'm doing it. And you can email me at christinabellich at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. Bye. (music)